Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. How are you doing out there? My name is Cameron Smith. Across, through glass, through windows and into another studio, we have Josephine Smart. Josephine, can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Alice is can working really well. I know, it's like you're sitting right next to me. It's I amazing. know, it's kind of weird. And Do I feel like I'm sitting next to you out there? What are you doing, you people out there? Uh, obvious question for you, Josephine, how's it all going for you? Well, I'm in a bit of a different situation to last time I was here, Cam. Because uh, <laughs> last time I was here, what were you doing I had, last time? Well, I had just moved back to Melbourne, like you know, two months ago, two or three months ago, um, uh, from living overseas for a few years. Living and, in Romania, yes, if that's correct. Living in Romania, and indeed. you uh, you brought a Romanian home with you. Yes, I brought a souvenir. A I, souvenir, I, but yes. but one a really really bright, lovely, lustrous one that you were. You had, let me just paraphrase or guess, that you had all these expectations to show this awesome city that I come from. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We were just talking before the show about how um, my partner is handling this period a lot better than I am because he came here with, you know, not not really any expectations, Mm -hmm. whereas I'd been missing my beloved hometown of Melbourne for the past few years. The gigs, the culture, the the restaurants. Everything, the coffee, you know. (laughs) And and also, um, I've I've been in a a FaceTime relationship with most of my loved ones for the past few years and I was looking forward to that uh, stopping. Just real real time. Yeah. Skin time. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, And uh, sadly... Uh, we have we have reverted back to the uh, the FaceTime relationships. Oh, well, at least you have a reference point from it. I suppose that, yeah. that, that that's kind of a good thing. But I've got good practice. Yes, uh, you were telling me something which I thought was uh, kind of funny, though, in the <laughs> fact that uh, uh, the we should give you the boyfriend a name. What's his name? Radu. Radu. Okay, so Radu's. Um, Getting recipes off his mum. Yes, yeah. We, like many, many people during this isolation period, are spending a lot of time in the kitchen, which is awesome. Um, we're going through a couple of recipes in a in a book that my mum gave me recently, but also we are spending time on the phone to uh, my partner Radu's uh, mum in for Romania. The Romanian classics. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so okay, occasionally, so so she will. Explained things very passionately over the phone, and mm. and sometimes, oh, why why are you cooking? She's old school, right? Old school. Except, yeah. can I just say, it has paid off because the food quality is very good. Not quite as good as Georgetta's food herself. Except, we are mm. getting there. Really? Top of the pops, or the 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 top? What are the 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 top ones that you've learned? Well, anything stand out? I mean. The, 
some of the the um, the ones that we've been working on more often is like um, salata de vinete, which is like a, it's it's called eggplant salad, but it's it's kind of like Ooh, it's okay. kind of like baba ganoush, yeah, except different. You know, like that's the closest comparison I can I can have for Dif- it. Different spices, different uh, amount of acid, yeah, or? and also not as um, not as blended. So it's it's more mm, chunky, chunky style. Yeah, chunky chunky style. Romanian um, country style. Yeah, also lots of cabbage. So cabbage, I think, is an underrated vegetable, um, except when it's cooked well and cooked with lots of love and spices and mm. various things. It's so hearty. It's a so beauty, hearty. and that vitamin K is good for you, good for your guts. Mm-hmm. Um, sure can is. upset um, housemates, though, if you're <laughs> frying it up, um, which I've sort of found. I... Have been um, I've been cooking at home. Yeah, I know. I've seen your your Instagram content. It's it's very very quality stuff. It's inspiring. I wow. would say. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, and actually, we're going to refer to it a little bit later on the show, um, and in a couple seconds, um, I'll tell you who is on the show. But uh, uh, yeah, Cam Smith, eat it if you want to check it out because we are going to refer to a picture later on in the show. Um, Last week I cooked okonomiyaki, mm. which is cabbage. Yes, um, which uh, my housemate didn't really really like that much. So I'm going to have to work out when I'm got to cook that strategically. Um, you know, the right time. But that is an awesome street food. Got to learn a little bit from that. Uh, been doing some more pastas. Did a really awesome linguine with some prawns because seafood is available and. Some of it is cheaper at the moment. So, Ooh, um, hot tip. One of, yeah, one of our guests we're going to speak to is going to do that. I've uh, been doing some meatballs, cooked some awesome John Dory, and that brings us to the guests we've got on the show today. Uh, we have the incredible Danny Vallant, who is in the middle, hopefully, of eating her breakfast at the moment. Uh, we did a quick chat before, didn't we, Josephine? You said she's cooked an awesome breakfast. Oh, yes, she has. She's going to tell us all about it Good. when we speak to her on the phone soon. But we're also going to talk seriously about the plight of Visa card holders um, that have been the mainstay and, uh, well, certainly part of the backbone of this industry. And I think uh, there is a growing view that they have been dudded by the government, especially with the, uh, a very, very cruel directive to... Just go home. Because it's that simple. Of course. Yeah, if only. Anyway, we're going to talk to (laughs) Danny Valant about that and what she's uh, been doing there. Um, Another amazing woman, Shannon Martinez, is – well, she's at home, um, just chilling out at the moment. She hasn't been. She's been willing herself to get out of bed every day to fight for her businesses and her staff – and uh, we're going to ask how it's been going down there in Brunswick Street and Moore Street with Smith & Daughters and Smith & Deli. And uh, what sort of food has she been doing to, well, to keep herself going? And then finally, we're going to have a chat to a man, Nick Malouk, an executive chef. An executive chef who was in control of everything in his domain. A man who people trembled before him. Nah, it wasn't really like that. Nick's actually an awesome awesome boss, but he's gone from the man in charge of the pans and everything around those pans to being controlled by a small daughter. (laughs) 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 How the tables have turned. Anyway, I cooked this piece of John Dory uh, the other day, two bits, there were two fillets. 
I gave it about a seven and a half out of ten. I'm going to ask him about what he's been doing, um, the seafood he might be cooking, what he's cooking, what his daughter's cooking. Uh, she does a great tiramisu. We might talk a little bit about Woo-hoo. that in a little bit later. Danny Vellante, very, very good afternoon to you. Hi, Cam. Yes, I have just finished my breakfast. Why did you cook for breakfast? Oh, my goodness. It was so good. You know that feeling Epic. when you just make yourself a really, really good breakfast? Yeah. And you have that really good feeling. Um, so I'm a bit obsessed with duck at the moment, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But did I'll you tell say you about my duck? breakfast first. Um, so I fried an egg in duck fat, oh, and then what? I put it over a piece of toast that was spread with duck rillettes and some quince jelly. Oh, my and God. it was so delicious. Oh, my God. That is just, that is way indulgent to say as soon as you said egg cooked in duck fat, I just went, oh, my God, that's insane. And the duck yeah, rillettes? Well, yeah, so um, – I'm a bit obsessed with duck at the moment. I've started this little hashtag project just to help out a couple of people. So it's called Great Duck Project, and so I'm just doing lots of stuff with duck. So What's it called? Say it again. Great, great Duck Project. Hashtag Great Duck Project. Great on Duck. Instagram. Yes. And so I've got three aims with this. One of them is to support Great Ocean Ducks, which is a fantastic small producer down on the Great Ocean Road that sells And ducks. also, if I can just cut across, has the greatest acronym for a food <laughs> producer, God. Yeah. I'm sure that was the first thing they thought about. I'm sure it was. But so, yes, yeah, supporting them, yep. Yeah, because mostly they supply to restaurants, and at the moment, obviously, that is a little bit in a slump, so oh, they're yeah. in trouble. Um, they're supplying some great butchers now, including Meatsmith and um, uh, I think Cannings and Milking Yard Farm online. Um, but there are some chefs that are using their ducks in some of their take-home stuff. Um, so Sunda is using them, Lekka is using them, Anchovy is using them. But the thing is, don't you reckon people are super terrified of cooking duck at home? Yep. I reckon, yeah, I think it's something that I feel like a lot of home cooks could learn more about. I know that I certainly could. So there's also, so the third aim of this project after supporting the producer, supporting the restaurants, is to upskill home cooks. Um, While we're all spending more time in our kitchens, why don't we learn to, sure, sure, sourdough, but what about duck? Let's learn what to do with duck. Sourdough, schmourdough. Hey, so, okay, so <laughs> if you were going to say, what would be the first recipe you'd give for somebody with duck L plates? Well, I've done, so I've done a couple of duck breasts, and I think yeah. the thing with, with duck breast is that you want to get the skin crispy and you want to get the fat rendered. Yep, so and, and you want to keep the, the, the meat sort of pink and tender. Exactly, yeah. So what I've learned from um, Khan at Sunder and Rob at Lekka is to cook it um, on a lowish heat, skin side down, for like 12 to 15 minutes until the skin's nice and crisp, and that sort of just gently melts the fat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a while. And then turn it over again just on a pretty like low to medium heat just to, uh, you know, sear the flesh side. Yes. And then rest it, rest it, rest it, rest it. Rest it, rest it. How long, Um, how long, how long, how long? Five, ten? Yeah, like maybe like six. Seven minutes. Okay. Um, yep. And rest it. So Rob Rob um, Kabord at Lekker says to rest it on the skin side on a paper towel. And I did that last night. And um, oh my goodness, the skin was crisp, the fat was rendered, the meat was pink and juicy. It was really, really good. I felt like a pro, even though I was scared the whole time. But it was. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> That's going to be all right. Um, I also uh, recommend um, this. Uh, this good recipes using the the Maryland piece of duck and that's probably a little bit cheaper than um your full-on breasts and also uh maybe uh just confit of duck 
But that, I suppose yeah. that, in, that involves getting a whole bunch of duck or goose fat, so maybe that's a bit out of most but people's reach. But I think you reach. could use, you could probably use other fat, and you can buy duck fat around the, at butchers and around the place. So I'm going to actually do a bit of confit. I'm going to ask Tilly at Anchovy to break down one of the Great Ocean ducks for me this afternoon, show me how to do that. So if people want to follow that along on Instagram, maybe I'll even do it as a live. Um, mm. And then I'll, I'll, um, I will confit the legs because... Yeah, then I can make riettes and just all kinds of yummy things. Get your own riette happening. Yeah. That sounds good. All right, so um, that's what's happening at home. You are, well, charged and uh, you are fueled with a great breakfast, but uh, you've also been charging around and you've certainly been fueled by some causes that are happening around the place. One of the, the biggest and the, the main one is uh, the government and, well, I don't know, their somewhat flippant response to visa card holders. Yeah, so temporary um, visa holders who are here in Australia um, to work, I mean, there's many different categories of these people. So it might be someone who's out here on a temporary skill shortage visa, so that might be a chef or a restaurant manager that is sponsored to come here by an employer. It might be students that are here to study. Often they're here at Culinary College and they're allowed to work um, uh, as well. It might be people who are here on a working holiday visa, but those visas are often... You know, can span. They they can. There's different types of it. They can span over a few a few years. Yep. Um, so and there are very many, many, many of them, aren't there? Yeah, there's more than a million of them, and many of them work in hospitality. Uh, Did so, you say more than a million? Yeah, if you add up all the different categories of wow. bridging visas, student visas, so there's there's a lot. Yep. Um, uh, in hospitality, the, like let's, I mean, you can you can sort of keep breaking it down. It's hard to get numbers on everything, but for say mm. temporary skills shortage visas, um, which is uh, people that you know to get one of those people here, you need to prove that you can't find a local person to do that job, That's um, right. and it costs employers up to around ten thousand dollars to sponsor these people, um, and it costs the visa holder themselves, um, yeah, thousands of dollars to go through all the compliance. So. Um, uh, of those in hospitality, there's probably around 17,000 in Australia. And, um, yeah, I mean, almost all of them would be now out of work. And as you alluded to in the intro, um, the government assistant packages that have popped up along the way, so Job Seeker and Job Keeper, exclude yep. all, of, all of these people. Um, some of them are able to access a little bit of their superannuation. Um, how, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Let me just – this was another thing that seems like a moot point. It's like – most of these people have been here, let's say, a year. And they're not going to have a lot of superannuation to draw down from, would they? Yeah. I mean, well, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So some of them don't have, you know, they've got hardly any super. Some yeah. of them have been here for six, seven, eight years, so they might yes. have some super. Okay, yeah. But even so, it's like that's for their future. <laughs> so, I mean, accessing super is a last resort for any of us. And I think for that to be the only way that... Um, that those visa holders are able to uh, support themselves while they're here. To me, what that the message that um, is being sent to those people is your future, your retirement is not as important as anybody else's. So I think that's that's a bad message. Um, well, it is, and, said- and in a way, if I can just cut across you, one of the great things, if we, we look at a nation and we talk about soft power, 
Um, we, we talk about the fact that, um, or I would like to bring up the fact that many, many people have come here to work. Many students have come here to work. They've seen a functioning democracy. They've seen a multicultural place. They have talked glowingly about their experiences from this place. And this has placed Melbourne and uh, great parts of Australia as being very, very desirable and wonderful places. And we are doing ourselves as a country as for how others regard us a great disservice by doing this. And I think this is something that seems like a short-term thing but could have great long-term implications. Sure, it's definitely uh, not good for Australia's reputation no. as a welcoming place to come and no. to come and study and work. What it also is not good for is for the hospitality industry climbing out on the other side of the COVID crisis. Um, so, I mean, sometimes I guess you know when the prime minister says, "Hey, guys, go home." I think what he's mis- what he's what he's not understanding is that these aren't just backpackers who are here for you know a few months of beach time. They're often they're building futures here, and they're and they're on completely le- legitimate pathways to. Pay Permanent residency. Mm. They've got, you know, leases, cars, cats, partners, babies on the way. They're halfway through their <laughs> studies. You know, whatever it is, they've invested in being here. Yes. But, but they're also crucial to the hospitality industry. So pretty much every restaurant in Australia, every cafe, every food truck, every everything has got international workers in in those businesses, and they are necessary for those businesses to run. For for a hospitality business to to rebuild after coronavirus is going to be hard enough. For them to do it without a large part of their workforce is going to be nigh impossible. And I've spoken to some restaurateurs um, who say that they just simply won't be able to reopen without all those staff um, to do to add, you know, retraining, reskilling to, you know, all the the mountain of, that it's going to be to climb anyway. Bloody uh, will just be yeah. the final, the final, like, you know. <laughs> Final lock snibbed on the door. Yeah, oh gosh. Um, so in we've got a few minutes left, Danny, but uh, you were in conversation with the very, very wonderful, the man who fights for his staff, Ben Shuri, down at Attica, and you came up with an interesting idea to, well, sustain um, these people. A lot of these people have no income. Um, nothing, and are starting to go hungry. And, you know, that that sounds a little bit overly dramatic, but it's the truth. Well, we know that, you know, hospitality, um, a lot of people who work, you know, in every industry, but but definitely in hospitality, people are living from week to week. So once there's no paycheck, um, things get pretty tight pretty quick. And, look, I will have to say there's so many people that are doing good things. So, uh, you know, I don't want to... So I don't want to, you know, shine a, shine too big a light on on what we're doing. There are no, lots of no, no. lots of chefs and lots yes. of restaurateurs who are doing really, really good stuff in this space. But um, yeah, I'm just I just live down the road from Attica, and I was chatting to Ben, and I think Attica's got. 37 staff and 20 of those people are from overseas on temporary work visas. If Attica wasn't able to support them by staying open, they would have no income at all. Um, So I think it was an issue that's particularly close to Ben's heart. So what we decided to do was to um, just just, um, make some soup funded by soups that people buy through the Attica takeaway menu um, and the soup that we make, um, we give away to visa holders on Thursday mornings. So if anyone's listening, um, if they go to my website, and I've got an overseas workers resource page. If you go there, sign up to my mailing list, you'll hear about how to book in for one of those suits. So the idea is that you register and you come in and uh, 
And yeah, gosh, yeah. I, I saw you guys on the news the other night, which was pretty interesting. And you were, uh, we we had a chat earlier on the week, and you said, uh, "I'm off to Rollins. I think Peter Rollins catering to uh, to <laughs> grab this giant bar mix." And my lord, I saw Ben Shuri using it. It looked like you could power a boat with this thing. Like it's some, it could be an outboard engine. This thing is so I, big. Yeah. Uh, let's let's try that, but let's not tell Peter Rowland that we're going to do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, Sorry. I mean, it's, um, it, that, I mean yeah, it's nice that you mentioned that because I guess the thing to say is that people are being so generous and, yes. and pitching in. We've had so many offices of support and help, and I think that uh, the whole hospitality industry, you know, everyone's doing what they can think of to help. And, and in hospitality, everybody uh, realises how important these international workers are, that they contribute to our industry. They pay taxes, it's important to say. Like, they're not, they're here, you know, they're here, they're working, they're hardworking, they're paying taxes, they're, you know, they, they don't get Medicare, they have to buy, have health insurance, you know. Uh, uh, it's just to me, just a, it's just a social, basic social justice. Like they're here. We didn't know this was coming. Let's just look after everybody. It's just as simple as that. I think that's probably the best message to uh, to uh, finish up on. Uh, again, Danny, uh, free kick for you. How do people uh, find out what you're doing? How do people find out about the resources for temporary visa card holders? Yeah, so just jump on my website, which is dannyvalent.com, and there's a few different pages there, the resource pages. But if you go to the one that's OS workers, overseas workers, um, you'll see a whole bunch of stuff there, including a link where you can sign a, sign a petition to ask the government to change the rules around these, these folks. So, um, yeah, dannyvalent.com, and you'll find everything there. Or just message me on Instagram at dannyvalent or, or Facebook if you um, can't find anything or want to know more. And one more thing, the fear of duck uh, page, what was that? Oh yeah, that's hashtag Great Duck Project. Great Duck so Project. Any, anyone, anyone doing anything with duck, please use the hashtag, and uh, yeah, we'll just build up a really great resource for people who want to eat duck, cook duck, love duck, eat duck. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, Danny. Thank you for all your work. Uh, Thanks for your, your show, Cam. Our pleasure. Very, it's all, it's very all important. good. Yeah, we're Thanks for me on. Shannon Martinez, <laughs> how you doing? Hello, Cam. I'm good. How are you? I miss you. I haven't seen you in I ages. I miss you. I know. One of the downfalls of this, huh? Well, that's it. The, the thing is that this industry breeds a whole bunch of, well, gregarious sort of piratey type people. That's especially bartenders, but, you know, hospitality people. We need each other and we're really touchy and feely and all that sort of stuff. And That's very true, actually. You know, I think I'm, I was in... When this whole thing first started, mm. and uh, I, I remember I, I stood too close to someone, I'm, you know, especially when you're in a kitchen, it's almost like um, yeah. doing ballets, you know, in a kitchen. Yeah. You know, you're, you're constantly touching people's backs so they know yeah. you're, you know, I'm there. all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's a habit that we've gotten into, you know, and, I, and I've been doing that for over 20 years, and so it's a That's really it. hard thing to break straight away. And, um, and, and I remember I got too close to someone, and they got really offended. And then I got really offended because <laughs> they were looking at me like that. Can, what, are you so, what are you looking at? <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, can you stand away? And I was like, what? What are you talking um, and about? Then I, yeah, and then I realized um, what they meant. And so that has probably been one of the harder things for me is learning how to um, distance myself from people because my whole life has revolved around being close to everyone. Yeah, damn right. And uh, mm. just for those that have just tuned in, you are on Eat It, 3 R F M. We're broadcasting live from 
the uh, the fabulous studios here. I'm talking to Shannon Martinez. She is the patron, the owner, the driving force, the dynamism that is <laughs> Smith and Daughters, and uh, and also thank you, Lucky Stars, Smith Deli. Oh God, thank God. I mean, I mean, huh? the, the deli has, has really saved us in all this. I mean, I guess the deli was set up to operate this way from the very start. So uh, it, it, it's keeping us afloat at the moment. Thank goodness for that. That's for sure. It's an essential service. It is an essential service, you know. And and with the restaurant too, we were very quick to um, change the way that we operated the restaurant. I mean, you know, I sort of I had a feeling this was coming a lot. You know, I, I'm a lot earlier than, you know, we were told we had to shut down everything. And so I'd already sort of put hmm. um, plans into place. For, Did you really? For, yeah, I, I just, I follow the news a lot, a little bit obsessively perhaps. Yes. Um, and, uh, what, was I, the, I, what was the moment when you go, hmm, stuff's going to get yeah, real? I just didn't believe the numbers that were coming out to the public about, you know, the death tolls and all that sort of thing. I just, it just all sounded a little bit hush-hush to me when it first started, yep. um, which made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. So we sort of started talking about ways that we could change uh, the way we operated as a business uh, in case that ever happened, and sure enough, it happened. So luckily, the daily didn't have to change a whole lot. We just had to change the amount of customers that were allowed inside at one time. How many um, are allowed? So, what's, what's four into the shop. Four into the shop now. Yeah. Four into the shop, you know, and then we had that first um, notice that the restaurants had to change the way that we did service. So we went down to 25 customers in the restaurant, <sighs> uh, which, which that first night was very weird. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you have to think to yourself, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. This isn't going to work. This is just some weird transition totally. while the government works out what they're doing. And I think one of the. Um, if we move to criticism of what's been going on, is that in a way, oh, you should. I okay, I'm going to put words in your mouth, and you can agree or not. Oh, yeah. In a way, the restaurant industry has been sort of hung out to dry because they have been forced to close themselves. And exactly, okay, exactly, go. bullshit. Yeah. So okay. <clears throat> obviously, they've put restaurants in such a position where. We're not being forced to close our doors, but nope. the way we're only allowed to operate is forcing us to close our doors. Right. So that takes the onus off the government, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, you know, because we aren't being forced to close, so we have to come up with all these bullshit ways to operate as a restaurant, which, to be fair, I mean, you know, the whole takeaway thing is well and good, but once the money starts drying up to the general public, which it will soon, because everyone's out of a job, you know, like we're mm-hmm. not going to be spending 120 bucks a night on delivery or takeaway. Yes. Um, so that's only going to get it, keep us going for so long. Um, and, and, then, and then we're going to have to make the decision of whether or not we can afford to stay open. So the government really has just handballed that one straight to us. Um, you know, so it lays blame on us if we can't make it work. So that, you If know, we use the uh, – I remember there was that wonderful old show that really sort of painted uh, a picture, an illuminating picture for a lot of people, Yes Minister, where Sir Humphrey said, uh, that'll be YP. And Hacker oh. goes, what do you mean YP? Your problem. Yeah, exactly. Minister. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. you know, in, in the words of Hospo, not my section, and that's pretty much what the government has <laughs> said. There you go. There's a, there's a pivot to language. Yeah, not my section, chef. Not my section, chef, and yeah. that's pretty much what the government have done to us. So, yeah, um, You know, and then this whole <laughs> JobKeeper thing coming through, that's pretty much the same thing. Do you know, they've offered us this um, 
what is supposedly this amazing opportunity. But, you know, I'm still dubious about how it's all going to work and whether it will end up benefiting everyone in the end or it's just going to, like, right now it's a bit well, of a shit fight, to the, be Well, the good news with that, Shannon, is the money will start rolling through from May 1. So um, it won't be your onus to, I don't know, I think you, you mentioned, there was quite a, a big figure of your payroll that mm. you had to mm. come out of your account, which you've been just told, look, trust us, we'll pay you. Um, it's over so, 40000 yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, but after May 1... Hopefully that money will start flowing. Oh, for sure, and I'm sure. <coughs> and then, sure. Just, and then hopefully when. you can you can make up your mind about that. So anyway, the great news is um, at uh, Smith and Delhi, one 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 Moore Street, Fitzroy. Uh, if you want to drop in, um, uh, the fact is that you have not let a single staff member go. He said we with a question mark. Yeah, we haven't shut one day and we haven't let go of a staff member. And obviously the hours are vaulted. You know, everyone's um, uh, doing less hours um, and the casuals are getting shifts when we can give it it to them. But but no one's been let go. Uh, I'm super proud of that. You know, I'm super proud that all my staff have managed to sort of come together. And and I remember when it first started happening, and what was one of the most annoying things for us is that we'd literally all sit down and have a meeting about, you know, putting together a game plan. And and literally by the end of that meeting, the rules had changed. So it was like constantly updating. But, you know, my staff all got together, and especially in the kitchen where all my full-timers and salary staff are. um, And we sort of sat there and we're like, okay, guys, so that's, how do you feel about divvying these hours up equally between everybody? Do you know, because I wanted to yeah. make sure that everyone was going to survive. And I've got staff that have children uh, and in all sorts of different living situations. And I didn't want one person doing 60 hours and one only getting 15. And so my staff all came together and really um, ha- have come together as a team, which has been one of the best Sorry. things to see from this. Um, yeah. And they've all looked after each other in terms of being willing to sort of split the hours between everyone. So I'm really stoked about that. And that's been one of the best things about this whole thing is that it has brought us together. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty it much has. it. There's it there's been. Well, I'm going to focus on the positive. It has brought mm-hmm. us to, together. So, um, bravo with that. But um, in conversations, you said to me, you know, sometimes you've woken up and. You're dead tired and you've got the weight of the world on you, but as mm. you've said to me, uh, the wog in me gets me out of bed <laughs> and I go, look, <laughs> screw you guys, I'm going to keep on going. But Correct. 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 Oh, yeah. I just refuse to fail, do you know what I mean? It's one yeah, of well, that's... curses that I have that I, sometimes I wish I could just, you know, just, just lay down for a bit. But um, you know. it's like this constant challenge, you know, I've been told you can't do something. This is kind of like a version of that, you know, like, Here's another thing to screw you over for a bit, and then I'm like, all right, cool, yeah. one more thing, one more thing, and so yeah. that's kind of what's driving me at the moment. Um, but uh, you know, it seems to have kind of settled a bit now. Yes, and, uh, and, we and I still want you. And I still want you to watch that movie Papillon at some stage because I think it's oh, yes. quite. Yes, that's uh, the one. Steve McQueen going, "Hey, you bastards! I'm still here." Um, but um, we've got about maybe two minutes because Josephine wants to move on. We're going to need to have a chat to Nick Maluk soon. But I want to know, how are you sustaining yourself? What What are you doing? Cooking? Have you been cooking at home? I've been cooking heaps at home, actually. So I'm actually taking this time where it's not essential for me to be in my shop yep. while everything's a bit quiet. Um, and I know that I've just finished my third book that people probably know about, but I've actually <laughs> just started my fourth book. Yes. Um, so I figured what better time than when you are able to spend time at home, which is the first 
I've never been able to have this much time in my own house before. Um, so book number four has just begun. So that is going to be an Italian cookbook, which everyone's been asking me for. Mm. Uh, so I've been cooking heaps and doing all my little Instagram one-handed chef videos, which I've always done, you know, for years. Um, and just sort of connecting with people a little bit while I have the chance. Uh, and I've moved into a new house with a beautiful kitchen, so it's kind of perfect. Oh, so, good oven? Yeah. Good oven? Oh, mate, I can fit a gas row in my oven. I am happy. What, what sort of oven is it? Uh, I can fit a gastro in it, so like a restaurant size baking tray. So I oh, you've got a gastro. Sorry, gastronome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm quite content in this little house at the moment, so I'm getting creative. We're writing new menus at the moment. Done. We're running special menus, you know, for the restaurant now for takeaway to give people something different. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot of creativity happening in this house. All right, and we can uh, check out your adventures. Just uh, look up Shannon Martinez on the gram. What other sort of me- media are you on? Uh, just... We're running the restaurant through Mr. Yum at the moment for all your delivery. We're doing groceries and stuff like that through the restaurant, and then the deli's doing all your ready meals as per usual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then just keep up to date with everything that we're doing through the uh, restaurant and deli social media uh, pages. Well, you're keeping um, up to date, and we want to keep mm-hmm. in touch. We look forward to speaking Always, to you Bobby. again soon. Um, a big hospitality-style hug to you, Shannon. You too, darling. I can't Miss wait you. to see you. Yeah, yeah. Miss you right too. back at you. <laughs> All right, babe, I'll get a bottle of ready for it. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, bye. I love that. Not my section chef. A man in charge of everything in front of him. All pans, all pots, all stoves, the people working them all were part of his domain and now controlled by a small child. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Maluk from the Atlantic Restaurant in Whiteman Street. <laughs> Nick? G'day, mate. How are you? Uh, <laughs> better for hearing your voice. You're, uh, you're, an, you're another one that I miss. On yeah, I tell you what. Um, Mate, me too. Let's. I, I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking about having one of your beautiful coffees that we have out the back there usually before oh, the show starts. Yes, yes. I miss the machine. Oh, uh, it's it's still look. It's still tuned. It's still pouring really, really well. Thirty seconds for thirty mil. Little spaghetti oh, strands good. come off it. It's. Uh, it still makes a, a great cup of coffee. I made one for Panel Beater at the moment. But uh, let's just go back and um, just position you for uh, the listeners. Um, Nick Maluk, man from Lakes Entrance area, Gippsland. He did good. He, uh, the executive chef at a place called the Atlantic Restaurant in, well, we joke, uh, Whiteman Street. But let's face it, it's, you're the only restaurant in the history of this show that's how much I, I think about you, buddy, that I will talk to someone from Crown. Um, and, and what an honour it is to be and, that person. Well, you're the reason why. I mean, you know, come on. Um, but <laughs> this is it, executive chef of this extraordinary – can you describe the restaurant for us? What What is Atlantic? Uh, I, I use the word behemoth a lot because it's a, just a massive room and we serve a lot of fish. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of fish. That's what, you know, it's right on the water there at, at uh, Whiteman White Street. Yes. Whiteman Street, sorry, Cam. <laughs> no, uh, it's all right. The, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, we, <laughs> and we serve we serve a lot of fish all the time. So when this when this uh, this thing happens, we uh, we have to shut it down pretty quick. And as you know, Crown's closed its doors, and Finally. You know, we're all done. So yeah. as you alluded to, I'm getting. Uh, dominated by my three-year-old daughter at the moment, Liv. And you can't say not my section chef, to paraphrase Shannon Martin is before. 
That's your section, dude. That is my only section now. <laughs> and uh, but you know, it's it's time that I'll um, I'll cherish forever because I'll, I'll never get to do it again. I don't think this um, this whole thing does it um, maybe cause us to question uh, wanting to sort of get on the rat race and on that sort of spinning wheel that we're on somewhat? Oh, mate, it, you, you get a lot of thinking time. Well, mm-hmm. you, you, you get a lot of thinking time, but, you know, you, it makes you appreciate um, time spent with loved ones, I think. You yeah, know? yeah. Until, until they uh, annoy you too much and you have to go out the back for a glass of wine or something. But. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm going back to work. I've got to do some... Oh, no, I can't do that. Damn it. Um, I can't go to work and hide. <laughs> gee whiz. So... Um, what have you been doing? What, 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 what's, what's life for you now at the moment for, you know, executive chef? Well, it's up early in, in bed early, I think, you know. Yeah. Cooking three square meals a day or feeding my family. and Pre-dinner you know, martinis? Keep, oh, maybe on the weekend. Okay. Are you odd and <laughs> Maybe a couple of cheekies on the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yes. Getting creative in the liquor cabinet as well. Oh, but, good. Um, good man. No, look, just just looking after them, you know, tending to the garden pot a little bit, you know, try, try, trying to keep my hands dirty a little bit, you know, getting creative in the kitchen. But listen to you, you've yeah. become the agrarian nurturer. <laughs> the nurturing. Oh, fuck, yeah. All right, mate, no, I just, I just thought I'd give it a go. Um, I've always been nurturing. I know, you know, no, well... <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm, I was just going for a cheap gag there, and actually, well, that's that's one of the things, the reasons um, I like you so much is the fact that you loved all your staff. I mean, you you, you did. You uh, you could you could see it the way you talked to them, you regarded them, and this part of your life is no longer with you, and that's um, that kind of sucks, yeah. doesn't it? Look, out of everything, that's that's the one thing I miss the most. The, the, the team with all those people. It's yeah. it's your team. It's your we brigade. We had a great excuse to get out yesterday, actually. Mm. So Anna Tui, my uh, my boss. Oh, wonder if um, she's she listening. She organised. G'day, Anna. If you're yeah, listening, yeah, she, she would be. She, she's a regular listener. We got Anna. She, Miss she, you. <laughs> she organised a trip out to our seafood supplier, Clams, who were giving away you know hospital boxes to um to all staff who'd been affected by this. And you know you get a you know piece of fish, some clams, a bottle of wine, blah blah blah. Colin no. George is just handing it out there all sponsored and, you know, it was a great excuse. I took one staff member, we met another staff member out there, Anna took another staff member and we all just sort of just quietly had a beer in the parking lot at 10 in the morning (laughs) and and caught up and had that, you know, had that contact that we, you know, we were all craving. It was great. At at, at a suitable distance in groups of two, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Con Christobloodyopolis. Good on you, mate. Uh, he's he's uh, sorry. It's Con and George, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know George that well. I know Con through through the uh, the years, and he he comes across as such a hard ass. And yeah, a lot yeah, of times. George is the nice guy. Oh, really? Okay, right. Anyway, yeah. but um, yeah, good on Con. Um, so yeah. this this brings us to oh, if, if anybody wants to find out hospo workers, um, if you need a feed, um, how do they find out and get that from Con? Do they just go to the Clams uh, website? Yeah, go to the Clans website on their Instagram. I okay. think Danny there you actually go. posted about it the other day as well. Okay, it'll work. Okay, so start with Danny and and then work out that sort of the the pool. 
Now, I have actually rung you with some advice. One of the, uh, the things that has happened is that with all the restaurants closed, um, there are an amazing amount of foodstuffs that has become available to the punter, the GP, the general public. Um, uh, Daffinoise, for instance, if you go look for Daffinoise cheese, you can get great deals on cheese. I think there's 14 days of cheese, look that up. Um, but I went to the markets and I saw all of these amazing things that I don't see that much. And one of them, and we might riff on this a little bit, was whole John Dory for ten dollars a kilogram? And when, when you told me that price, I yeah. nearly choked. Because yeah, that, that's close to close to retail. I mean, close to wholesale what I buy it for. So I heard uh, the phone drop when I said that to you. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And to, to tell you the truth, Cam, I haven't been down to the local market, and you were the first ones to tell me about it because I usually ring up Connor and George and go. What do, you, what do you got? 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 Now, this had happened, what, two times a day in the morning? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? No, I don't like that. What do you got? What do you got? Sorry, I'll stop now. But uh, but that's been... The, this, is, this is sort of... Oh, my God. It'd be just like breathing talking to those guys because they're the ones that, you know, that... Is the whole yeah, contact in the market the raison d'être, the reason for being for the place? Um, but yeah. yeah, okay. So I went to the Queen Vic, uh, got some uh, a couple beautiful little fillets of John Dory. <coughs> Excuse me. Took them home, um, and I thought, and you were the one in my mind. Well, also Bakash, <laughs> but he he sort of had a club in his hand. So um, I said, so, you know, he's a little bit more violent. So I sort of. Put him out, and I went. No, Nick's nice. He can help me cook this. What would Nick do? So I sort of dried off the fillets a little bit, and I put them down, skin side down, to fry them off. Sort yeah, of so crisp them so up. Good, yeah, crisp them off um, a little bit, and then I was watching the the meat go from sort of translucent to a little bit opaque. So I'm thinking, yeah, they're cooking through, cooking through, and then I turn them over and I put them on. The other side, the flesh side, which is closest to the bone, for too long. Yeah. Yeah, for too long. Tragic mistake, Cam. I know, I know. Look, look I, I thought you got me to, on to talk about the fish. You just, you just explained how to cook it pretty spot on there. Oh, did I? Um, well, what are, the last bit. Yeah. Oh, the, the bit when I fucked up. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yoast, Yoast swear jar. Sorry, that's one thing for that. <laughs> The Yoast Baker Swear Jar, I'm going to have to... Um, can you go through it again? How should I... But what's... Wh- how should I cook a fillet? Well, a fillet that size, you, you want a little little bit of a warm pan, like a medium heat mm. in your pan. And then just... What sort of fat? You got fat in it? Yeah, Oil? I fat. Like, if I'm at work, I'll be using ghee, probably. Oof. And yeah. if I'm at home, I'll just use a bit of veggie oil. Yeah, right. But ghee, you get that higher smoke point, a little bit more colour, a bit of yeah. flavour on there. Ah. It's really good. Um, but yeah, at home I'll use a bit of veggie oil because I don't stock ghee in the cupboard, unfortunately. Mm. Probably better for the waistline, that too. Yeah, but, probably um, is. Yeah, dry, dry the skin off. You always want to start nice and dry. Yes. A little bit of seasoning on your skin to encourage that, you know, crispiness to come up. So, in, how yeah, dry? Oh, incidentally, if you want to see this piece of fish that we're talking about, uh, Instagram, Cam Smith Eat It, you can see it. I don't know, go down the page, you'll sort of see the thing that I gave about a 7.5 out of 10 for. So, um, dry that was paper. A good looking plate of food. No, it wasn't bad. But it's so dry off the with paper towels or a, a chucks if you want to not throw away too much yeah. stuff. Yeah, so just pat it dry a little bit. 
season it up into your pan on that skin side. Mm. And you can sort of see around the edges of the pan, of the fish the, the colour starting to form, just mm. on the edge there. Yep. And you want to cook it, you know, 60 to 70% the way through the fillet. How do you, how do you, you know when to, when, to, when to throw it over? Well, you just look at it. <laughs> and, and, and another thing, Cam, I would add too. Don't have any, too many martinis beforehand. Right, okay, yep, yep. <laughs> That's it. Right. It's, it's about the temperature of the, you know, the fish that you're cooking or any protein. If you, if you get it to room temperature, I think it's a little bit easier to cook too because you don't have to really penetrate it too much. So get it out of the fridge half an hour before you cook it. Follow the same process. That, and then when you flip it, get it out of the pan straight away. Don't, don't, um, don't leave it for too long because <sighs> the residual heat in the skin and the oil will just keep, keep pushing it through. And like you told me the other day, it is the most delicate protein, which... You know, we all yeah. have to agree on it. Oh, that was that was yeah. Bakash. That was Bakash telling me. Oh, was it? Who's the most delicate? <laughs> Standing no, over you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. In, in case you're wondering who we're speaking of, we were talking about Michael Bakash uh, of Bakash's Restaurant uh, and also before that, Toofies. And I think I was saying to you, I remember uh, someone telling me a story of they went to go see Michael Bakash and he was chasing a supplier down the street, like literally running after him, swearing at him, <laughs> going, how dare you give me this crappy stuff? And the guy was running for his life. <laughs> a fairly passionate man. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Mm. But oh. anyway, Cam, I'll, I'll throw this one in too. If you've got a thicker piece of fish, like, you know, like a thick blue, blue eye, eye fillet that, yeah. that, that you said you, you saw the other day and you still want to roast it, yeah. which is fine to do, same process, but I'll go in a bed cold pan and bring bring the uh, <gasps> fish heat up Dead with cold. the pan. Right. Yeah, so so slow find, transference it, to start off with, culminating in crispiness, Maillard reaction, action happening. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Right. So you'll find that the fish curls up when you cook it as well, like pretty much any sort of fish just like curls because it goes tight into the pan. Yes. Just like anything when it gets shocked. Yes. If you start it colder, it just, you know, eases it into, into the cooking a little bit better, so... It, know, that's another another one for you. That skin's not going to contract as fast and um, as dramatically. Got it. That's right. Yeah, uh, I love yeah, that. Nice uh, what, so you haven't talked to any. You haven't talked to Con. You haven't talked to George. You haven't been ringing up, going, "Hey, what have you got? What have you got? What have you been cooking at home? What have you been doing?" Oh, all sorts. I try and cook seafood like a couple of times a week. Probably we had a yes. bit of poached chicken last night, though. It's very nice. In Japanese style, like master stock sort of stuff. Master stock style. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's one so to look up. That's one of my favourites. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, me and my daughter did sardines on the Barbie the other night. They were, they were, they were great. A little bit of seasoning. Sorry, I'm. I'm hey? uh, I said a, a little bit of seasoning. I'm just. Uh, uh, that's it. Doing it, and uh, in um, looking at Josephine, one more minute that we've got left before uh, we leave. Um, yes, there's a, a rather amusing, to say the very, very least, uh, where... You, how old is your daughter? Three. Three, wow. Oh Three and God. a bit. Little Escoffiette. Um, <laughs> she does tiramisu. Um, is that video available anywhere to look at? Uh, not yet. My wife's actually making a YouTube channel as we speak, I think. Oh, good. So it's going to be called A Chef's Daughter. So you can check it out on there for a few recipes. Yeah, hysterical. Anyway, all right. Well, we, um, um, yeah, just see her making the tiramisu is kind of amazing, <laughs> especially when she really gets into the booze. 
Um, <laughs> Nick, you rock, buddy. Thank you for um, helping us out with the fish. Uh, the idea is that um, with that little fillet we were talking about, get it crisp and then turn it over for about, what, 30 seconds? Mate, I'll get it out of the pan straight away. So and then boom, and then just out. Flip it, and then out straight away. Okay, see this. And problem. the heat will continue cooking. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having your fish medium rare. Nick, you rock. Look forward to seeing you soon, and we'll speak soon again. Can't wait. See you, buddy. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 